Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, where we're back, and uh, at full strength. Woo-hoo! No have, one's dead anymore. We have everyone here, including Jess, which, uh, she's, she's here. What's hey, a Jess? Jessica, Jess. Everyone calls her that. No, I know, I'm just, we haven't had her in so long, I'm just I know, saying. I know, I know. We've got so yeah. many- Good to see her again. To be a point at the end of the show where we just all start talking at the same time, not knowing. <laughs> Fair enough. Deal. Uh, yes. However, she did make a brief appearance a little while ago, where we had the very, very. That's right at the very the end. She yelled something. That's yeah. right. I do remember that. It's like later, geeks I, at the very end. Yeah, I was actually there like the whole show, but. She didn't want to talk. How rude! That's messed up. Kay didn't talk either. Shut up, McKay. Um, that's because Jared was talking about this horrible game called Battlefront that no one cares about, so I just decided to be quiet. I love that episode. <laughs> um, so we're talking about toys today, right, guys? Toys! I have been waiting for this show. For, for, for how long? Your whole life? For Yes, I actually, I've been waiting 37 years for this show. Uh, I guess technically I've been waiting 26 years for this show, and you'll find out why soon. I don't want to grow up, I'm a Toys R Us kid, there's a million Toys of Toys R Us that I can play with, from yep. bikes to trains. Oh, Pretty sure started. that came out before I was born. I think there was a giraffe <laughs> maybe at one point at Toys R Us, but uh, that, that, that's as far back as I can remember. <laughs> I sure beat the pedophile clown, that's for sure. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, so, the toy show. Uh, Daniel, please explain to our wonderful listeners the point of today's show. I think he's gone. That's the funny part. That's why I just kept <laughs> talking. I wonder why we so, had I was all like, the moderator of our show isn't doing anything, so that's a great sign. Um, well, in that case... <laughs> so, you know, there, there's this point. You know, When you do a radio blog, you have to plan out the kind of things you're going to talk about, and... Daniel threw out there. I think it was Daniel who uh, originated the idea. Actually, might have been uh, Jessica, but we could say. Well, it's someone awesome on the show originated the idea that we should talk about some of the banging awesome toys that we have from the '80s, the '70s, for any any era in geekdom. What is the coolest toy that you have in your collection to this day? Um, if, 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 if I'll start, I, I, I have the, uh, original 1999, uh, BK Pokeball that came out, 
that had the little gold-plated Mewtwo inside. <laughs> it, it was pretty much the coolest thing in the world. Really? The ones you get from Burger King? Yeah. Like, yeah. totally have those. Way, way back in the day. I still have it from, like, when I was, like, eight. I got my Charizard. I would take that thing to school. Kids would try to steal it. I'd beat them up. I know, right? Like, it said gold-plated, and to me that just meant gold, and I thought I was rich from a BK Happy Meal or whatever it was called. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then come to find out it's not worth uh, as much money as I thought. But, you know, it was priceless to me. It's probably and, now. Hey, they're, like, ten bucks each now. Ooh, ten bucks! That's more than the freaking uh, Burger King kids meal. So I'll just go get. You're rich. Few of those. Um, so that's definitely one of my oldest, like most specialist toys. Um, are are we cycling through each other, or do you just want to do like two or three? Yeah, let's just do one each. We'll kind of go around. Okay, cool. So, so sorry about that, guys. For some reason, I just got glitched and kicked out and went south. It's weird. It's crazy. Oh, I know. We were talking about how the show was better since you had left, but you know, now you're back. So whatever. I know. Gingers disappear and I missed you, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I haven't made fun of a ginger in a while. So thanks, Dan. Yeah, Yeah, you're welcome. I just want to jump in on McKay's real quick. Like, I remember that Pokeball, and that was awesome because you could like push a little button that would like slowly spring open like it would, it's like it was revealing this amazing treasure like oh, it had like a pressure trigger <laughs> yeah yeah and then not to mention the fact that it was like super metallic and reflective it's what a pokeball was supposed to look like you know yes it was okay to ask that do you remember the old uh, kids meal toys that came from <laughs> the KFC promo a while back they had the little plush toys um, Bat and Vulpix and stuff like that. Yeah, that was forever ago, too. That's so funny. That's so long ago. So no. I was um, thinking about it with Jess because yeah. I wanted a couple more, and she was looking into getting a Dratini. Yeah. How much was that, babe? The Dratini was like 70 bucks. It was expensive. All of that touches are like 60 dollars each now. See, and these were just kids' meal toys. If people yeah. knew that they could just get them back then and hold on to them for over a decade and a half. Yeah. Man. <laughs> That's really what you're paying for is storage fees for a decade. <laughs> Fair enough. I never really knew that about Happy Meal toys or kids' meal toys, but I would literally just – because my parents didn't believe in buying kids' meals. Like they would get like a bulk of food and we'd all share it, you know. And so I would have to go to the thrift store, and at our thrift store they would have bags of Happy Meal toys. For like a dollar you could get 30 different – toys and so like that's what I would do every single happy little toy but I would have to go to the thrift store and buy them in the buy them in these like random like hodgepodge bags of just you know and so it was so funny like I took Jared home and I still have every single one I still have every single happy mill toy or kids mill toy that was ever made I think obviously not Pokemon because by the time Pokemon toys came out I was like in high school and not buying Happy Meal toys anymore, but yeah, it, it, it's funny because even though I wasn't allowed to get Happy Meals, I still found a way around it and got all those toys. <laughs> that is awesome. The best toy still has to be the Men in Black Neuralizer, though. I mean, that thing. Ah, oh, for real, though, and I was sad when it didn't work. I don't have that anymore, but I totally had that as a kid. I tried to erase people's memories. It didn't work. No. That is amazing. So who's up next? Oh, you know, I, I've been itching to go. 
to be honest with you. So, uh, so I'm one of the older members of the show. I'm 37 years old. I am a Capricorn and enjoy long walks on the beach. Oh, uh, so old. <laughs> one of my joys, uh, I teach at a university, and one of my joys is to find opportunities to tell my students um, that I had accomplished something or seen a movie in a theater before they were sperm. But anyway, <laughs> but to the point of the show... Uh, in 1987, at what is arguably the height of Gen 1 Transformers fandom, what was uh, originally the largest freestanding Transformer available at the time was released, and that is Fortress Maximus. Oh, you still have one? Fort- I still have the one. I still nice. have the one I received in 1987 in the box. Now, as a kid, I played with this, so the box is not mint by any means, but I have it in the box in the styrofoam, minimal damage, excellent condition, totally playable, all the parts. Fortress Maximus, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, he was sort of the continuation of Metroplex. Metroplex was the first transforming base uh, for Transformers. Some might think it's Omega Supreme, but technically that was just a rocket base launch. And, and Anyway, um, so, uh, so Omega Supreme came out, he was huge, but then Metroplex came out and he was actually a base that you could use with the smaller Transformers. But then Fortress Maximus came out, and that homeboy is two feet tall. Wow. Fully yeah. transformable. In fact, he's a triple changer, and he comes with five other smaller Transformers. He himself was part of the Headmaster series, and, and his he was head... A headmaster. Yeah, his head was a Headmaster, where, the, where the head of the head was Spike. Yep, Spike, Spike Witwicky. Yeah, Spike Witwicky uh, <laughs> was, the, was the head of Cerebros, who was the head of Fortress Maximus. And there were other uh, vehicle-based Transformers that came with him as well, uh, Gromit and, and a couple of others. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but to give you an idea, in 1987, when I was just turning nine at that time, the gun that Fortress Maximus has, he had more guns than any Transformer just because they were all built into his body. Like, you'd flip out little panels, there'd be a little turret. Um, they were in his legs, in his hands, in his arms, in his waist. Uh, but he had a handgun, a hand cannon, that he would hold that was big enough that I could hold it and use it when I was trying to play guns with my friends. Um, one of the, probably the pride of my Transformers collection, I still have a ton of my original Gen 1 Transformers. Uh, and for the record, he remained the tallest released Transformer from 1987 all the way to 2013, 26 years later, when wow. they released the Titan-class version of Metroplex as they were, like, revamping the Gen 1s. But, and that one beat Fortress Maximus by just two inches. However, they've just released the new Titan-class version of Fortress Maximus. And he's much bigger. Yes, much bigger, and he's 150 bucks. And I'm not gonna lie, one of the joys of being almost 40 is when I see a toy I want, I can get it. <laughs> so, so, so that is that is the crown jewel in my Transformers collection. So, something that we've been doing, like I guess by accident so far, is putting a dollar, a current dollar value, to our collectibles that we've collected over the years. If you've got oh, that man. information available, please share. Yeah, I, I don't have the current dollar value, and mine is not in mint condition. It's obviously in used condition. Um, but I will look into that and see if I can come up with a value before the end of the show. Deal. Oh, boy, now the pressure's on. <laughs> what about you, Scott? Uh-oh, uh-oh. 
Oh, okay. So is it bad that I have like a three-way tie? Um, Not at are we all. Just doing one, or, and then we're going around the circle a couple times, or are we just like this is your turn? Speak up or now, or forever hold your peace. Depends on how much time it takes. I, we all get one at least. I say we probably get two. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm suddenly happy. Okay. So my number one uh, from when I was a kid has to be the race dance action figure from the real Ghostbuster toy line. This thing was beautiful. The entire toy line was gorgeous. You know, I mean, and even today, like, the original Series 1 are the most sought-after of all the real Ghostbusters. I think Peter can go anywhere from, like, 500 to to $1,000 mint in package. Uh, Ray, I think, is a little less. He's probably about 200 to 500 depending on the, the rarity and how nice the box is. But, oh, I, I loved him. I loved how he came with this, this grotesque little ghost with this long purple tail and... You had the little zapper that you could zap them with, and you'd fit in the car, and just the, the entire real Ghostbuster toy line was probably one of the hallmarks of, of my youth. And if I can extend, I'd also say, like, the 1980s Proton Pack, like the little tiny toy one that you could put on. Those two, like the, the little Ghostbusters and the big Ghostbusters, you could play either, and, oh, those, those were awesome. Those were a blast. And uh, I still have the little Ray on my desk, so that's mine. That's awesome. Yeah. That is fantastic. And and just for those who weren't sperm yet, um, could you please new, could you uh, please explain why it is that it was referred to as the real Ghostbusters? Oh yes, the real Ghostbusters was because uh, Filmation, a company that put out a Ghostbusters movie back in the seventies, had the copyright name of Ghostbusters. Uh, so Sony, when they had to make the movie, or when they decided to make the movie and call it Ghostbusters, they were actually in a battle to try to get the name. So they actually, throughout the entire movie, kept calling it like Ghost Smashers uh, and a couple of other variations in every take, just so that uh, just in case they couldn't get the copyrights. And then finally, they finagled the copyright for the term Ghostbusters. But by the time the cartoon came along and this movie was a supernatural hit, there was no way that Filmation would let that go. So Filmation quickly released like Ghostbusters cartoon uh, to capitalize on the actual Ghostbuster movie. Popularity. So by the time the real Ghostbusters came along, they had to say, "Oh, well, we're the real Ghostbusters," so that they could actually copyright and license the name. So there you go. Fascinating history. Yeah, it, it was. I remember going through sort of, you know, as a kid when you're watching Saturday morning cartoons, you can't care less. You, you you really can't. You just like that there are cool cartoons. And Filmation had a series for their Ghostbusters which, by the way, in, by comparison, was laughable. But as a kid, it was enjoyable. Um, and then the real Ghostbusters, that show was amazing, and their toy line was fantastic. But I had an immense collection of the Filmation Ghostbusters toys, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> I, little known fact, I never actually had a single Filmation toy. Well, it's probably because you could afford better ones. <laughs> oh, I was a real Ghostbuster guy through and through. Until and then I remember the tragedy when I was excited to see, oh, Ghostbusters is going to be on at this time, and I go and it'd be Filmation, and I would, I would cry myself to sleep a little bit because I was young enough to still do that. <laughs> awesome. Well, well done. Well done. Is next. Who's next? Uh, I, I, I think it's Jared. Jared, I think you're up. Okay. All right, so uh, way back when, probably 20 years ago, uh, I received my first Nintendo 64. And obviously I was addicted to games like uh, Smash Brothers and 
Mario Kart and stuff like that. But around the end of the year, a Star Wars game came out, and I was absolutely super excited because there was walkers and stuff, and that was called Shadows of the Empire. And I remember there was a toy line or something coming out for it at some point. I think it might have been the following summer, or maybe that's when I got it. But I remember being super, super excited to go to the store because my mm-hmm. mom had promised to get me um, an Outrider plus uh, Dash Rendar. Uh, action figure from Toys R Us. And that was one of my favorite action figures for years and years and years. And then I think around 10 years ago, um, I played, it was before, in 2003, I played Knights of the Republic. Super addicted to it. You guys know where that story led to. Fan films, every sort of unhealthy uh, uh, obsession was born from that game. (laughs) A few years later, a special edition... Uh, Darth Revan action figure came out, and I knew I had to get my hands on it. I was able to order one. It's still sitting on my shelf right now. Um, and then most recently, Jess and I were at, I think, Comic-Con. was it Comic-Con or Fan X, something like that? Fan X, yeah. Uh, we were rock- walking around uh, all of the uh, um, booths, and we spotted a Darth Malak, which I wanted for a very long time to complete the set, and we ended up getting it. Yeah. And the total dollar value for Malik and Revan in a package is around 450 bucks. Yep. Ooh. Nice. That is awesome. Alright, whose turn? That is excellent. That is crazy, but I would never sell it to anyone because I would keep them for myself forever. So it could be worth a million, and I'd be like, it's fine. Get bro. I do have a question for Jerry real quick. Do you still have a Minton package Dash Rendar then? It is a loose figure now. I actually, to put a bow on this story, I have a big bin of a lot of the, oh, the toys that <laughs> I kept since I was a kid. Uh, a it lot does. of them from the 1997 re-release when okay. they had all the toys come back again. And um, He gave them to my children and they destroyed them. There's still some. <laughs> <laughs> I told myself I would wait until I had kids and I would give it to them and then whatever happened, happened. My kids but really love those actions. They figures, really though. do. That's where the value is. Yep. So, um, Josh, what was your what age was your Transformer? What year was that? It was 1987, and I did find a recent sold for value. Okay, how much? Uh, recently sold for three thousand one hundred fifty. Ah. Now that's I'm I'm certain that is in fact it actually says mint in box. So my version not valued that high. But mint inbox thirty one fifty sold price, not asking price. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Mine mine's close. Mine's a nineteen eighty four. Nice. Um. So growing up, these were absolutely my favorite toys in the world. I have acquired many new wonderful toys since I have been with Jared, but. I literally yeah. played with these three toys every single day, unfortunately, until I was, like, 14 or 15. That's a little embarrassing, but still, yeah, like, every day. You're talking to guys who still have our toys. I know, but it's different when you're yep. a Anyway, but... Yeah, it's different when you're pretty. <laughs> Wait, we're saying I'm not pretty? Now I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> the 1984 She-Ra. Yes! And Glimmer. Oh, her, her her stallion. Oh yeah, no, oh no, no. I also have Arrow, which was hers, her horse. Oh, excuse me, you are right, you are right. <laughs> uh, Glimmer, Glimmer was the Pegasus. 
No, no, no. Glimmer was even when she changed, she didn't have wings. I thought she did. Glimmer was the gal that had the um, she had the staff. You had purple curly hair. Oh, so I'm sorry. Did this come out I'm before so 1991? Yeah, she yeah. said 84. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on right now. Yeah, sure. Why, <laughs> Jess? Why don't you explain who Shira is? Oh, Shira was my girl. I was in love with Shira. Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, so those were my three toys I played with like every single day. They uh, they kind of got mixed in with the Happy Meal toys um, after I started getting those. <laughs> there was very elaborate stories created constantly. They are not in mint condition, but that is okay because I looked them up. Well, they're in really good condition. They just don't have the box. Um, but I looked them up even out of the box because I still have all the costumes and, and all, the, all the pieces, the staffs and the wings um, for Arrow and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's right around, they're worth about 150 so not terrible. Nice. Great, but not bad. Well, 150 loose, is that what you're saying? It, yes, loose, 150 That's awesome. So, um, so it's not amazing, but I will say this. For something that I had no idea was worth, would be worth anything at any time and just loved playing with, I, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well done. Yeah. She was my boo. Anyway, Daniel, I think uh, that leaves you, my dear. All right. Really? So, uh, are we just doing one? It seemed like Jess just like slipped three in there. Hey, they were <laughs> package deal. So, uh, item. again, I, I guess I'm going to show my age too because mine is from 1984. Yay! It, mine Woo! is an unopened Generation One Optimus Prime, <laughs> which is beautiful and amazing and it sits on my my shelf but I'm really tempted to open it just so I can play with it. Um, Don't do it yeah. man. Yeah Don't I mean I, I, I had this long ago when I was a kid I loved Transformers I loved Optimus Prime I, I, I had He-Man as well um, and then I was recently because I lost you know growing up uh, my parents decided to get rid of them and I guess out of um I don't know. I, my 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 dad just ended up giving me one um, a few years back, and so it's been kind of my pride and joy up there because I remember hours and hours of playing with this thing. Um, I looked up the current value unopened. It is six thousand four hundred ninety-five dollars. <laughs> so um, it may stay in the box for a little while longer. <laughs> don't open it. Well, not open it. For those who have never held one or seen one, the original 1984 Optimus Prime had die-cast metal parts. Oh, yeah. Not all of him, but significant portions. His his cab, um, he, he also featured small metal panels instead of just simple sticker decals, which he also had, but instead of just yeah. simple decals, he had metal panels that were built into his trailer, which opened up into a missile-launching weapon. Yeah. So, I mean, and my, my, my boy just actually... We ordered him the newest uh, Optimus Prime, part of the the Combiner Wars. It looks so cheap. Yeah, it, well, it's because it, it is. It, I mean, it looks pathetic and and cheap, and you know. And I'm looking at the, mine, and it's like, dude, you know that that front panel flips down. There's the seats where he can put his fists for later, and yep, you know, his head flips up, and there it is, and you know, the 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 light pan panels, you know, that's where you plug in the, the fists and the cannon and everything, and rollers in the trailer, even though I can't see them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it's just, it was really cool. I mean, I 
I look at the Transformers, and you know the detail wasn't there like it could be now, because you see some of the newer toys, and you're like, wow, that's some pretty cool detail. But you know, for 1984, it was awesome. There was tons and tons of hours spent pretending I was Optimus Prime fighting Decepticons. So, heck yes. Yeah, you know, and and Fortress Maximus. Oh yeah, right, that's oh, a yeah. great toy. Something uh, I keep about that I just can't get over is that. If any one of our houses were to be broken into tomorrow night, I'm percent positive that the robbers would go right past our toy collections, into the living spaces, steal our TVs and computers, not even realize there are thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of memorabilia sitting well, on the shelf. Well, how would they know? You know, actually, while I've been listening to the show, I've been <laughs> writing down your guys' addresses and how much each toy's worth, and uh, if they're gone tomorrow, you'll know why. He's telling well, you address um, on his <laughs> Facebook page. Josh, where do you where'd you say you live again? <laughs> Your mom's. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> well, right. Since we're looping back around, um, I'll throw out my, my second one. My other kind of favorite pride and joy, um, it, it sits on my, my filing cabinet. I've had it ever since I was a kid. It was one of probably... It was the first Star Wars toy I ever received. It's my Millennium Falcon. It sits here. Yeah. Everything. I still have the radar dish. I still have the gun on top. I, you, you still know, have I, the training remote? I do. That the is only, the hardest part to find. The only thing I am missing on this is, you know, the the little... Uh, I'm missing the the panel that goes over the smuggler hold. I'm missing that now. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the arms for the little uh, ramp. Otherwise, yeah, those, <coughs> those are commonly lost. Yeah. Otherwise, it is fully intact, and Jeez. it still functions. It still makes noise. Um, I love this thing. It is one of the coolest things I have to date. I would just wish I still had my Imperial Walker, but. There is nothing more cool than just looking over at my, my Falcon. Hey, guys, you know, really quick. I just found if I had still had the box for what I had, it was it's worth 4000 Yeah. That's- it's crazy how much everything, once you have that box, everything, like, jumps. Yeah. It makes me sad in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you so- enjoyed it, $4,000 worth, though. Yes. Yeah, play with you, the box. You got your $4,000 out of those toys. I really did. Yeah. So. That's it. But I, I guess I, I guess I'm a lot meaner than Jared because I still have a box of you know the '97 reruns of the Star Wars action figures and I haven't let my kids touch them. <laughs> you know, I did something similar to Jared. I had a box of um, of extra figures from the '97 re-release, and uh, I was like, you know. I've got nephews who need to understand what playing with Star Wars is like, and this is this matches their generational experience. And so I gave them away to my nephews very much the same way that Jared gave them to his kids. And, uh, yeah, I, I stand by that decision. I think the value... It, it's wonderful to hear that the street value is one thing. But, I mean, where would we be at, at our current age? Where would we be if we didn't have those hours and hours of invested imagination in these little Hasbro and Mattel and and what have you, all these little toys, these little $5, $3 toys at the time, um, where would we be without exercising our imaginations? It's so true. Oh, I know. My son is obsessed with Star Wars, and he knew about all the characters 
before he even started watching Star Wars because of this book. <laughs> yeah, there's something special about handing over that bin and watching them play with those toys because I saw myself years ago playing with those toys and having the same adventures. And, you know, it's a little different, you know, getting into a relationship where you haven't met the kids and, you know, there's some barriers that need to be broken. Those action figures really helped that transition, like, become really, really smooth. Yeah. We had a lot in common really, really quick. We both enjoyed Star Wars, and it just brought us that much closer together that much quicker because we were able to experience the same things that, you know, created our personalities and that sort of thing. And um, I don't regret a single second of it. <laughs> I have a sacrifice story. Can I throw it in? Because I, I don't have any kids or nephews yeah. or, or anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, either I still get to just play with my toys, so, you know, whatever. Exactly. It was, just, it was just fine. But for me, like, okay, so the second toy that I wanted to bring up were the Master Replicas FX lightsabers. Yes! Oh, oh, those are oh. awesome. I was in college when those things came out, and I'll admit, as soon as I saw one of those puppies light up in my hand, I was I was five again. Like, this was everything that I had envisioned as a child. Like, this was, I was holding a real lightsaber, and those things were so precious, and I'll admit, I'm in college, I don't care. I went out, and I bought two of them, and I mounted them on my wall, and, like, I'd pull them out every now and then and switch them on, and someone would come over, and I'd be like, yeah, if you touch them, they make noise, and you lightly tap them so you'd hear Darth Vader's... <laughs> And then it'd be, okay, we're done. We're putting them back because, you know, the LEDs were so easy to pop out. So but, before before um, Jared and I started dating, we would go to McKay's house, and then we would, <laughs> we would go oh, at like 3 in the morning and have lightsaber fights, and all the neighbors would start yelling at us. Yeah, we had this one Asian lady so pissed off yeah, at us one night. We were fighting right outside her window, yelling at each other. And yeah, it 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 was bad. It was so funny. It was so fun in the parking lot of apartment complex at three in the morning, having lightsaber battles. Okay, I we still do that. Come on, let's admit it. we still do. That's true. Fair enough. I mean, they they announced they're gonna do that, and McKay and Aaron and I ran up and went and did a party with that. Uh, you know, but seriously, I mean, we we've all seen Star Wars, and up until that point, we've pretended sticks. Were, were lightsabers or pool noodles or anything we could, and we would have those those lightsaber battles when we finally had that aluminum-crafted hilt, and you push the button, and that lights up, and you hear that, that hum and buzz of the lightsaber. Of course we have to do it, because it's just awesome. I also want to bring up, that's actually how me and Jared first became friends when the first plastic versions of lightsabers came out. We were in, like, third grade, and we both hated each other. But we both just decided we'd bring lightsabers to school because, you know, that was the cool thing to do, obviously. And once we found out each other like Star Wars, then we just became, you know, pretty good friends until we got lightsabers banned from school, in which case me and Jared went back to not being friends anymore after that. <laughs> but those plastic lightsabers, when they first came out, were one of the coolest things, and we started lightsaber battles at our school in third grade. Yeah, it was a good time. I remember you bringing your Darth Maul lightsaber to school. And you thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And I don't remember what we were doing, but it busted, and it was my, like the whole world shattered. Literally, my mom, the first time she ever agreed to lightsaber battle me, broke it in half. She hit it in the middle, and it hit the handle and broke just like in the movie with Obi-Wan. And I was like, my right. mom, Jin. 
She's that's quite so cool. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's what happened to my really awesome Darth Maul lightsaber. But uh, you know, I have since bought another one, so it's it's good. Good on you, bro. Nice. Just, just, when, when was third grade, by the way? Uh, for me, that would be. Uh, wait, when would that be? Uh, nineteen ninety nine. Disgusting. Something like that, right? Wow. <laughs> 2000? I was already out Possibly of high school. Even I was already out of high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I graduated yeah. high school in That's funny. That's crazy, wow. guys. Um, I was just learning what the world was. <laughs> what about, really quick, if we talk about our favorite find? It can be a recent find. It can be something that you found years oh. ago. But your favorite oh. that you just happened upon and you were just like, oh my gosh. I have um, this. Jessica found mine. It was at Tuesday morning. It is a Hayden Christensen Darth Vader action figure doll <laughs> that I love to death now. I will be a Hayden Christensen lover for the rest of my life. And she found it, and it has the voice, action, everything. It, it was so perfect. And it was only like five bucks. Yeah, I have it. Hey, hey, McKay, you want to know what the best thing about Rogue One is? Wait, what? Is he in oh, it? Oh, no, Christensen. Yet. Uh, he could be. You don't know, man. <laughs> no, Hayden Christensen. Yet. Oh, there will be. He's in that suit. It'll be in the credits <laughs> at no, the it's end. No, someone, it's someone else. Nope. We'll, we'll, we'll see later. All right. In the post-credits scene, he'll take the helmet off and just go, shh. I know. He'll hopefully just have both of his middle fingers up and just be like, screw half of you. But <laughs> What's he going to do with the other half? Uh, I don't know. We don't want to know. <laughs> we don't want to know. Okay, I'm going to selfishly say mine really fast. <laughs> okay, mine was about two months after they announced that they were no longer going to create uh, any more slave layers or use the term slave layers anymore, and I went to Barnes & Noble, and for $3 they had... On clearance to Slave Leia action Black Series. What? And I went home and found out that they, since they aren't not, not making them anymore, and they were Black Series, that they are worth about ten times that. So it was pretty a pretty penny. Yeah, they're worth about a, well, so more than ten times, like a lot more. Yeah. So okay, so they were worth. Wait, how much are they worth? And they are in mint condition, still in the box, and they were on clearance for like four bucks at Barnes. Wow. And that was my best find. That was my favorite find, and that was only about a month ago. That is awesome. I was like, do you people know what you have? Why are there two left? If they had had more, I, I would have. Don't tell them. I would have bought all so, of them. So a white, girl, a white girl from the South walked in and said, yes, I'd like to buy some slaves. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what, is that not cool anymore or something? Wait, wait, wait. Are they black? <laughs> okay, oh. good. <laughs> That's a lot more than you know. Oh my gosh! Leave it to it's, Josh. I know, right? I was like, Josh hasn't taken it as far as Jared has that one time, but we'll see. Dan? We'll see. This is new for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations, great find. That is awesome. Yes. Um, I I have a find that I'm pretty happy with, and it's it's more of a personal happiness. It's not like a street high value worth thing, but um, uh, because I am 48 times older than McKay. Uh, I I was. Duke was one. No, I'm not that good at math, but I don't think that correctly adds up. Uh, respect your elders and don't correct me. Okay, so, um, so, so uh, I was I was about five when uh the movie Crawl came out. That's K R U L L. 
for those who don't know, it was uh, it came out the same year as Return of the Jedi. And while it was a box office flop, it holds an incredibly special place in my heart. I remember vividly uh, seeing it as a family with my mom and my siblings uh, in a double feature with Strange Brew. Uh, <laughs> I was five watching Strange Brew. Um, I, I slept through most of Strange Brew. I watched all of Kroll with rapt attention. And that movie to this day holds a very special place in my heart. Uh, I have a buddy who's a filmmaker, Connor Anderson. He's my bro. Uh, and uh, he loves that movie too, and I got the the crazy hair that I wanted to see if I could find the original Atari 2600 game of Kroll, because I had that as a kid, and it wasn't a great game. I didn't care. I loved it. It was fantastic to me. And I was able to find a copy of Kroll for the Atari in the original shrink wrap unopened, which means it's complete with the manual and the map, that comes with it, and of course the cartridge itself. So I have an original, in the shrink wrap, Kroll Atari game. Wow. Nice. Personal victory. Not a high street value, but I love it. And and side note, my neighbor's last name is Kroll. That is awesome. Does he have a glaive? No, they don't, unfortunately. They got a lot of of chickens. They're not living up to their potential. No, they're not. And Liam Neeson was in that movie, too. (laughs) For the record, I got that. Yes, he was. He was, like, in his early 20s. By the way, he's always enormous, and he's always ready to kill you with his bare hands. Um, uh, I will tell you that I think I got that Atari game for, like, $8. That's awesome. Wow. Wow. All right, so that's mine. So I think it leaves Scott and McKay and Jared. McKay, you're up. Uh, Okay. Wait, no, I did the Hayden Christensen thing. So yeah, he did. That was oh, I'm sorry. I just never count Hayden Christensen. Moving uh, on. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Jared, you want to take this one? Yeah. Um, as far as collectibles or something, I guess, I, mine is kind of recent, too, because I find a lot of inspiration from them every time I look at them. Um, we were at the, I think it was Comic-Con of last year, and we were walking around with all the press people before they opened the doors. Oh, yeah. And we were walking around the art vendors, and we happened to spot two enormous artworks of uh, kind of crossover, crossover yeah. franchises. And on my wall are hanging, I don't know, probably four-foot-by-four-foot four murals. Of uh, One of them is um, Assassin's Creed. One of the assassins is jumping over a horde of stormtroopers to get to Darth Vader and the Emperor sitting in the throne room of the second Death Star. And the other one is Boba Fett dragging Frodo uh, to Mordor. And (laughs) they are massive and they are super epic and I get to look at them every time I'm sitting and editing something and become inspired and awesome things happen. So, uh, they're not they're not just gorgeous, they are gorgeois. Yes. Yeah, I don't even them. know if that's a word, but I agree with it. I, I've not seen these anywhere else. They're I, like I, one of a kind and they're like super badass. They do badass. sell a lot of prints of them, but I've never seen them this big. No. And they only had what one of the one of each. Of, yeah, they only had one of each and we were just like we buy both of them, can we get a discount? And yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the important part. So that's my favorite. Awesome. Scott, you're up, bro. What's your best find? Okay, my best find. Um, 
Okay, and I'm glad I'm glad that Jared actually said an art print because you know not necessarily a toy, but still a nerd find because mine is along the same uh, same lines. For me, I love animation cells. For those who who don't know what an animation cell is, every time there's a cartoon, at least pre-digital era, every single frame had to be hand drawn uh, of the characters. So like you go back to the original X Men. Uh, all those animation cells, every single frame is floating around there somewhere in the collector's market on eBay. Um, same with, you know, Inspector Gadget, all these old 80s and 90s movies before they went to the computer age. And for me, um, it wasn't Ninja Turtles, it was the Ghostbusters again. I actually, stu- I just happened upon a frame from the original intro sequence. And these are literally rare as gold. I mean, it's... I, I, my entire life I've only seen this one that I saw and I just was kind of casually, oh yeah, I wonder how much how much, how much, much did you want for this? And, and the guy wanted $8, which <laughs> is literally just insane. I mean, considering, I mean, you look at X-Men cells and it's like $100 for one. Uh, the Ghostbuster cells are usually between $20 and $30. Uh, 80 if you have a really nice one, but the fact that it's part of the intro sequence... And that, that's my pride and joy right there. It's, it's hidden away, and every now and then I go and look at it and go, huh. And every time I watch an intro to the, to the Ghostbusters, I'm just like, that, I got that. that, that right? <laughs> I own that. That's mine. So, That's beautiful. Yes, I'm very happy about that. So, Anyway, that's my find. That's pretty odd. Right. Uh, I respect that. I, I think it's really special. Um, to have you know animation cells or, or film frames and stuff like that. Those are really unique, one of a kind, awesome pieces to keep in your home. Because, I mean, my God, the original yeah. the original opener sequence. Like, who else can say they have one of those? <laughs> I, I don't know of anybody. I, I've never even seen another one. So it's, yeah, <laughs> that's Very amazing. Nice. Good job. Okay. Well. Um... This was a, a gloriously, wonderfully long episode. This was, was great. And we're out of time, so we've ran out. So for those of you that want to kind of voice up and tell us what your pride and joy, you know, your favorite geek thing is, or your latest geek find that's just awesome and just tickles your funny bone, you know, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you um, contact. Actually, Go ahead. Really, so what we're doing, um, post your favorite nerd toy that you have on, on our Facebook page. Um, we're going to randomly select a winner, and they will receive two tickets to the Cinemark Theater. Nice. Nice. Mm. That was awesome. Post your pictures to enter. We're going to put something on Facebook so that all of our Facebook followers know. But, yeah, make sure you get your toys. We're going to post toys, uh, pictures of our favorite toys as well, so make sure you check that out. And I'm not saying we're biased or anything, but if any of these toys happen to be Star Wars, Transformers, or Ghostbusters, you might have a leg up on the competition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can I post pictures? I want to post pictures. I know. It's like, I'm going to post a picture, and I'll probably choose myself as the winner, so you, know, yeah. you don't have a chance. Yes. All right. Um, we're, we're out of here. Later, geek sucking nerds. Deadpool. I don't know what Josh is expecting. Okay, you're getting such <laughs> epic. Don't suck. Took them all. <laughs> hey, Dungeon Crawlers fans. It's time to really pull out the stops. So what we want to do is we want you to go like our Facebook page, like, uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, follow us on YouTube, and not only that, 
tell your friends about us. If there is anyone in your life or even in at your work that you think loves geek, loves, you know, superheroes, comic books, gaming, anything in the realm of geek, tell them about our show. We want to make this the number one hit show out there. We want to uh, let get the news out there we want our numbers to swell and we want you and everyone else to join the geek revolution so tell your friends about us like us on facebook follow us on twitter and we want to hear from you we want this the best greatest and most entertaining interactive show out there you know most podcasts are not going to be delivering what we want to deliver this next year and so far we've had a great year it's all thanks to you and we just want to keep this rolling and make things even more possible. We've got some great things in the works uh, coming down the pipeline with some amazing interviews. And the more people we can get listening to the show, liking our pages, the more interest we can get and the bigger, uh, more entertaining interviews we can get. So please, please, please help us out with this because we want to bring some amazing content to you and we can't do it without your help. So with that said, I'm going to say... We're out of here, and catch you next time. And, of course, join the Geek Revolution.